Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Vidella. And we are discussing uh, the next in our list of Marvel movies in chronological order by movie, Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Jude Law, Annette Benning, and a bunch of other folks, uh, directed by Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden. I like this more uh, the second and third watch than I did first watch. I wonder if you felt the same way. Yeah, I've only seen it once. So I know you have a tendency to watch movies many times, which is good because you, like you said, you get more out of them and can see more parts of it. But for me, I only saw this once, but I did just see it recently for the first time. So I had never seen this one. I kind of put it on my backlog. And so it's fresh in my mind and I really liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. Maybe I went in with low expectations, but it really did fill in a lot of gaps for me. And I think it's really important when it comes to the MCU and kind of like the timeline. Yeah, I mean, it fills in a lot of gaps, everything from why Nick lost his eye to um, a lot of the background of the Avengers and the, the, the presence of extraterrestrials in the Marvel Universe and many other things as well. It's also nice to have a lead female character as our superhero for a change instead of all guys, uh, you know, other than WandaVision, which came subsequent to this, really are no female lead, uh, no female superheroes who had been the focus in Marvel movies. Uh, we'll get Black Widow, I guess, later this year. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. And I also really like the focus on family, specifically her connection with Maria Rambeau and Monica's looking up to her. That, that sense of family in this movie kind of set it apart from others to me. And most of the other Marvel movies keep very little emphasis on family. It kind of was striking that, uh, like the scenes that were in Monica's house in the bayou there just felt really unique for a Marvel movie. Yeah, I like those. It's just unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, it happened late in the movie, mm -hmm. right? Like those scenes are later in the movie when you're kind of figuring out who, in quotes, Carol is. And, and not this verse person. And then, yeah, you get this kind of family vibe and you get like this empowerment and realization of who this person is. But yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, but to start, we have to start on another planet far away in another galaxy. I don't know, wait, where is this? It's in Hala. Where is that again? It's the head of the part of the Kree Empire. The home Kree Empire. The Kree Empire. But isn't that our galaxy or is it another universe? I get confused. Does it really matter? It's all hand-waving anyway. Jason, it says it doesn't some matter. some other place. Okay, some other place called Hala. There's Vers. Brie Larson is Vers to start with. And she's got like memory loss and she has Von Rog or Jude Law who's telling her how to do things and being an asshole. I, by the way, no offense to Jude Law in person. I don't know him, but all of his characters I hate. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't like Jude Law. And he, I maybe that's his whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that is him as this who he is as an actor. Should say at this point, by the way, there will be spoilers. We're not going to be self-censoring here. Since the movie is just a couple of years old and a lot of you may have missed it, there will be spoilers. So from this point forward, you have been warned. Right, spoiler warning is up. And back to Hala. So you have Verz, who is Brie Larson, and she is basically training with Jude Law in the beginning. I'm just going to call him Jude Law for the rest of the podcast. And in disrespect uh, for his character. The MCU. Yeah, but uh, they basically are talking about the war they have with the Skrulls. Their people have this war with the Skrulls and you're introduced to them, like you said, alien race. And in the beginning, I think they're really trying to focus on 
fooling the audience that these are the bad guys in quotes. And then you have Talos or Talos, Talos. And he's doing the memory probe on Brie. He basically captures her and does a memory probe, which again, this whole movie is filled with flashbacks of her basically waking up to figure out who she really is. That's a good setup. And then basically she escapes and she lands in LA. And again, big, huge part for this movie uh, is it's in 1995. So it takes place in the past, our past. And she lands at a blockbuster because it mm -hmm. is the 90s. And I actually like, real quick tangent, I like a lot of the use of 90s music in this movie. Yeah, I do too. Before we get to that, I want to ask, so the first half hour or so of the movie takes place in space and on alien planets, and you're deliberately like a little off kilter. Did it yeah. feel like a weak beginning to the movie to you? Yes, it did. I I'm glad you brought it back to that. Before we go to LA and Blockbuster in the 90s, yeah, that very beginning that I just summarized, it felt like I was bored. I was confused. I hated Jude Law. Mm -hmm. and I didn't I was confused like I knew that it was Captain Marvel but it really wasn't it was Vers. I didn't know who the Skrulls were I was being introduced to all this stuff quickly like you know and I felt like yeah I was just I was confused and a little bored yeah and it like I really felt like the movie just kind of picked up its energy once it landed in LA mm -hmm. crashing through the blockbuster was like this moment where you're like oh good okay now I'm gonna have something to land on and from that point onward, like the movie just really picked up, like emotionally and also in its connection to the MCU. Like it was really fun to see a younger version of Coulson there. Mm -hmm. uh, great to see. I, I was actually really surprised how much I enjoyed seeing Samuel L. Jackson again as Nick. I'm the younger version of him. I'm not sure all the bits of turning back the time on his aging worked for me, but it was fun anyway. Yeah, they did some CG on his face, right? I think. Yeah, a lot like they did on The Irishman, you know, where they de-aged him. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was more focused on what he was saying and, and like kind of like, you know, this is the introduction to S.H.I.E.L.D., introduction to a lot of stuff. Like, well, S.H.I.E.L.D. had been going on, but like, well, at the end of the movie, it's kind of the beginning of Avengers, essentially. So right. it is fun to see that kind of like uh, blast from the past and see origins happen. And yeah, like you're right, like after it came down from space... Uh, it was grounded, literally, and uh, and I felt like I could figure out what's happening. And again, it's it's kind of all bam, bam, bam. Like she has to chase somebody, and so now we're in like a chase scene, and we're we're, we're figuring out what's happening. So yeah, that happens, and basically she chases a bunch of the scrolls because she's still under the assumption that they're the in quotes bad guys, and she's got to figure out what's going on. This whole time, she's also getting those flashbacks of Doctor Lawson. Right? Doesn't she get them the, like pretty much the whole movie? I feel like. Right. That's the Annette Benning character. Annette Benning, yeah. Who's great. Yeah. And then Project, am I jumping all the way to Project Pegasus already? What happens in between? There's like that, there's that uh, chase scene, but there's at some the point they, they, they go to Project Pegasus. Yeah. There's a the big chase. And then once uh, Nick and Carol get back together, they go to po Project Pegasus. Okay. That's right. That's the right time. There's not a ton of stuff in between there. It's not super relevant. Yeah. And so they go there to pretty much figure out the past. And she's starting to figure out that she is, you know, some other person named Carol, but she doesn't know quite yet. Uh, and they talk about Maria Rambo. And um, yeah, what happens now? I forgot the timeline after the Pegasus. Uh, the cat, when's the cat to, come in? 
she takes the plane and goes to visit Maria. And she finally finds her memory starting to spark as, as she gets together with her closest friend, basically the woman who's more or less her sister. Right. That's when the, how the whole familial thing comes in. And yeah, that feels really good. It's like, she's been running for so long. She's been, you know, like us, unlike the audience confused. Right. And now this is a safe, you know, connection to the past and realization of maybe what she is and where she, you know, where she's from. Mm -hmm. And things are starting to come back to her. And then they encountered the scrolls again at the house. The scrolls somehow have chased them or gotten to the house anyway. And there's where we see the first of the two or three different twists that we see in the movie, where it turns out that rather than being the aggressors in this war, the scrolls are kind of an oppressed race, which yep. is a really nice twist from the Marvel books, because in the Marvel books, they've always been kind of this cartoonish source of evil. Oh, I was going to ask. Okay, so they are just straight mean then in the comics. Because they have the ability to change shape, there's been a lot of stories over the years where they're kind of the people kind of pretending to take over your body or imitating the heroes. There was a crossover event called Secret Invasion about 10 years ago where they were like sleeper agents who were the friends of superheroes and then ended up betraying them. But I think having them portrayed this way in the movie as being this oppressed minority was really interesting. That's what's great what the MCU, the movies can do. You know, they can change it if, if they want. And I like that. The scrolls date all the way back to the very, very earliest issues of Fantastic Four. Mm. So they're about as old as characters get in the Marvel Universe. Wow. Um, and they're, they're, in the original story, they imitate the Fantastic Four and commit crimes as they imitate them. And in the end, Reed Richards turns them into cows because cows are so stupid they can't transform themselves again. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. And so comic booky. <laughs> and then there's a great Grant Morrison story many years later where the people who eat that cow meat end up becoming mutants because they've consumed alien food, which is freaking genius. It is, but that's even more comic booky. Like... <laughs> That's like doubling down on the comic bookiness. <laughs> Which if that is not a term, I'm 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 uh, coining it right now, comic bookie. Yeah. So then after that, yeah, that change is really great. I did like it too. Um, I like Talos is the main guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that actor, we should look him up. He's so good. I know I've seen him. I even with the makeup, I could tell that that actor is a genius actor, and he's been in a lot of things. That's Ben Mendelsohn. Can you do his IMDb page while I'm, while I'm doing this? He was in Rogue One, Dark Knight Rises, Darkest nope. Hour, the Winston Churchill movie. No. Nope. He was in Ready Player One, Baby Teeth. Hmm. Maybe it's not the guy I'm thinking of. Many, he's many. Great. Yeah, he's great though, either way. But um, I love that kind of change of pace. You're Now you know who you're rooting for. You're going to help these people. Um, you know, uh, Captain Marvel is going to help these people. and fucking jude law he won't leave this movie he's got to come back and basically mess with things and at some point i don't know if i'm skipping but there's that whole explosion where she gets her powers because she's fighting freaking jude law mm -hmm. and she actually becomes truly captain marvel uh well not fully because she's still got the implant i think uh and then at some point where, where does the cat show up yeah, they meet the cat at Project Pegasus. 
Oh, okay. And so we've cat, already met the cat. The cat basically is a stowaway when they steal the plane at Project Pegasus and right. go visit Maria and Monica at the at the community. Nick immediately falls in love with the kitty. Uh, we should stop and say uh, Jackson as Nick Fury is a whole different version of Nick Fury than any other movie. And he's just such a fun character because he's younger, not jaded, loves cats apparently, which you would never <laughs> guess. Yeah. Like it's this really nice bit of still comic booky character building. You know, it's not deep in any way, but at least you kind of appreciate him a lot more as a character. And he starts to feel more fleshed out, not just the Samuel L. Jackson is a badass kind of guy. Yeah. Although that does him in in a funny way because Tangent, Kitty scratches him. Kitty scratches him. And they introduce that. Just don't jump ahead again. We're kind of jumping around a little bit, but that's uh, how they introduced that in this world, this MCU. That's how he got his scratch in his eye, which is hilarious, by the way, because the way they do it, it's just like you think it's just going to be a funny little scratch. He's like, oh, that's not bad, right? Yeah. And it turns out to be the way he gets his scar. It gets puffier and puffier. And he's like, no, it's going to get better. She's Louise. No, well, after she has its own secret. Yeah. After she gets the explosion and she gets her powers, at some point she has to meet what is that called? The like great intelligence or something? The supreme intelligence. Supreme which intelligence. Is this wacky comic book idea that this disembodied robot, living creature in a in, not a robot, in a computer, this vast space computer runs the runs a Cree empire. And yeah, and it's embodied in the body of Annette Benning. Right. And then at some point, basically, Carol has to, you know, fight it. And how she fights it is she takes out the implant, which you think maybe she could have done, done earlier. But when she does take it out, and because she had that explosion happen, she is supreme power. Mm -hmm. And she essentially is the full on Captain Marvel at that point. The power floods into her and uh, you just see the power pulsing in her body and just get the sense that like nothing's going to stop her. I love that moment too. Cause like anybody who's like tries to fight her at that point, I'm just like, like yelling at the screen, like, yeah, try it because it's not going to happen. She's just going to throw you across the room. So tiny bit of a tangent here because Monica gets her powers in a similar way through the hex powers. And we sense that she's going to have similar powers. This, this really nice kind of, generational connection between the two where they're you know she's anti-carol to monica monica gets similar powers you can see they're really they could potentially set up a good mentoring relationship between the two of them oh where, totally um you know surrogate mother sort of thing and i think this is really nice because it fits this generational theme of the connection between the characters and another reason why i was so excited to you know jump into this timeline uh summary watching all the movies because of wandavision and yeah, WandaVision ties in with Captain Marvel. I mean, directly, you know, you have Monica looking up to her and going like, I want to be a superhero. And like, like you said, flash forward to the future, she's going to be, or she is, and she's going to meet Captain Marvel. And there's going to be some, yeah, I think there'll be some mentoring for sure. And then, by the way, I also wanted another tangent. Ronan the Accuser, he's from our favorite show, Halt and Catch Fire. It's a great, great series. Yeah. So I, every time I saw Ronan the Accuser, I was like, no, no, no. That's the guy from Halt and Catch Fire. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't see past like that. Sometimes that happens, you know, an actor's like too in your mind. So, I, by the way, he had no point in that. Like, I don't know what Ronan the Accuser was, was about. He basically just showed up on screen at some point and was like, yes, do this. And then, well, we should leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. kind of it, right? 
yeah, I, I didn't quite get what he was all about there. But I, I also didn't think either. the whole ending was a little bit muddled, didn't you? Yeah, that's why I'm like looking at my notes going like, what happened near the end? There was the scratch. There was the Tesseract, by the way. We didn't even mention that, but that's yeah. in this movie. And the cat uh, eats it and then swallows it. And then post credit scene spits it back up. So well, let's talk I guess... about the Tesseract. So now that's appeared in two different movies that we've watched. Yep. Both times associated with space. The Red Skull got uh, had it in the first movie that we watched, the first Captain America film. And once he pulls it out, the Tesseract takes action, sends him off to that far distant planet that we'll see in the two Avengers movies. In this movie, the cat, who turns out to be an alien, uh, swallows the Tesseract and then spits it out. But the cat seems to know what the Tesseract actually is in some way. It appears to be an intelligent creature that just happens to be living in the body of a cat. So mm. it's a really nice kind of continuity between these two movies that came out, what, seven years apart from each other. That's true, yeah. Where was the Tesseract when we left it in Captain America? Do we remember? Well, I think Captain America takes it back to America and then we don't really see what happens to it. Okay, and then where does Kitty find it? I forgot, in Captain Marvel. Kitty finds it on the spaceship, doesn't it? Yeah, see, so there's a... Maybe. I'm not sure how it gets on the spaceship. Yeah. Mm, see, by doing this, we've like dissected a potential issue. Yeah. Continuity issue, some might say. Uh, that might just be because it was filmed seven years apart. Okay. Well, there right? I go from praising it to taking away. I know. I just took away your praise. Well, no, it is still keeping that, you know, the Tesseract is there and now we're bringing it back up into people's minds. Uh, because it is in the timeline so it's it's there it's just it is weird that it was on earth and i guess then it was in a spaceship but either way uh it's back on earth again after captain marvel's over mm -hmm. and then yeah she's got her powers she you know flies off she's gonna like save other races and just save other planets because she's that strong and another post-credit scene is her coming and just like visiting the avengers which i forgot where that takes place in the timeline it gets a little muddy, but at some point she sees the Avengers, so it's in the future. Yeah, it's like the Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I can help you guys. Uh, where's Nick Fury? Yeah, so that happens as well. But overall, summary-wise, I had a fun time. I'm, I'm with you. I think the beginning was muddled. Um, oh, yeah, Jude Law came back like three times. I'm like, just when I thought he was gone, like act three, just he shows up away, again. Jude. We've seen enough uh, of you. And I was very happy that Brie Larson just kicked his ass and then sent him off on a spaceship. And he's probably alive, though. And then, yeah, because she sent off on a spaceship, she didn't kill him. And I liked her a lot as a, as a superhero. I thought she yeah. really pulls off the character well. She's got, at least once she gets her, I didn't like her so much when she's confused, but when she gets her powers, um, she's got this confidence and this toughness about her that I think is pretty powerful. She does seem like someone who can hold her own with Tony Stark and with uh, Captain America and the rest of the, the heroes. Um, she's got this innate superheroic self-confidence that, that I think is gonna make her into a good character for the movies. Well, just speaking real quickly about Brie Larson in general, like as an actress, like I watched a lot of her movies and I've definitely seen, like she made an independent film that was, I really liked, but she just, you know, I watch her YouTube channel. She's got a YouTube channel. Um, you know, she's so down to earth. She just doesn't give a shit like about the business. She doesn't give a shit about like a lot of stuff. She's um, 
she's just so relatable as a person. And I'm talking about like specifically, you know, I watch her on YouTube and, and yeah, there's just no, uh, nothing fake there. And so I think that helps, right? Like if yeah. the, the actor coming through is definitely part of the character that they're playing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so should we rate it on our 10 scale? Oh, we do do that now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, wait, what did Captain America do? Can you keep notes for us? Do, what what did we say? Was like a six. That's right. But we should write them down. So, cause we're gonna do a lot of movies. Write them down. So six, we both gave it a six. That's right. We were like, that's not bad. Uh, I think I'm gonna give Captain Marvel and we can use the 0.5 system, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna give it 7.5. I wanna say eight. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I think the beginning takes away from it. Yeah. Too much for me to truly love it. Like it, it ends well, I think. But I think even so in the too. end, like the a bit of the space action stuff was kind of challenging, not challenging, but not super fun. I think the part between the time she crashes into the blockbuster to the time uh, she first lands on the spaceship and sees the Skrulls and gets her, discovers the truth of herself. And that's one of the better Marvel movies. But if I take it overall as a Marvel movie, I think it's about on the same level as Captain America, the first Avenger. I give it a 6.5. Okay, I'm going to go 7.5. I liked it better than that because of like that middle piece was really good. And I like the 90s stuff a lot. We didn't talk about it again, but again, a lot of music from the 90s. She, it's a little corny because she's wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt at some point for just no reason. Yeah. Like, why? like she doesn't know about the 90s, right? She's Vers from Hala. Like, how does she know about Trent Reznor? Yeah, right. And I thought like it was it was cute and then got kind of dorky playing like I, just a girl when she's fighting on the spaceship. Too. Right. Like, yeah. It was it was it a was kind of nice, but it was also a little much. Although awesome moment because I'm a big Nirvana fan. All of a sudden Nirvana showed up at some point, like just playing like, yeah. and it it didn't, it kind of made sense and it didn't make sense because it was in that weird, like super intelligence space or some other space. It well, wasn't that's like on so, earth. So that's the thing. I think the music is all on the nose by title, not by what it's about. Because it was come as you are. Right. Right. And so she's coming as she is to someone else who is as she is. Right. right it's right. not really what, Cobain wrote about you know same thing just a girl it wasn't it's not really what the song is about but it fits the moment you know yeah it's maybe a little overused but I did like it because again it was kind of a memory flashback for me so yeah I'm gonna stick with my 7.5 so next week we talk uh the first Iron Man movie right Ooh, I'm excited now I'm gonna rewatch this one for sure because I think it came out can you just check when it came out it was a long time ago. It was the first Marvel movie, right? 2010, I believe. That's that's insane. 11 years ago. And I believe it was the first one, the first main Sorry, MCU. 2008. And it was the first kind of core Marvel movie. Yeah. Holy shit. That's so long ago. Okay. So I'm excited to rewatch this. I don't know if there's like a spruced up HDR version or something, but... I'll look for the nicest looking version I can get. Uh, I'll probably do that this weekend, actually. I'm kind of excited now. There's and then 4K next versions week. available for rent. Ooh, I'm going to do 4K. I don't know how much they can up it, but which if we ever want to talk video, nerdy stuff, I can. 
Uh, and we'll do, we'll see you guys next week on another one. Where else can people find you, Carlos? <laughs> Why, thanks, Jason. You can go to youtube.com slash a lot of things. I make videos about video games and comedy. Thanks, and Jason. Look for more from me on the Classic Comics Cavalcade podcast, available where you found this podcast. Yay, we did plugs. Okay, now how to get the plugs in. Okay.